Good morning. Hey, I'm Pastor Mark. Good to see you this morning. Hey, Pastor Jeremy, I think we need to build a bigger church. I think we're... That's the plan. Here. That's, that's like the whole plan. That is. Yeah, that's what that's we're doing good. Today. Yeah. I'm glad we got that on the plans. <laughs> well, good morning again. So we're uh, wrapping up this series. We've been obviously talking about uh, this legacy that's been passed down to us. We've talked about this heritage of the patriarchs, these heroes in the Bible, and those heroes in our own lives, the patriarchs, the matriarchs who loved us and shared Jesus' love with us. And then last, we got a guest, Pastor Eric. I thought he did a good job talking about how intimidating it can be to see these people in our own lives that we admire and appreciate, and then heroes, you know, these Bible story heroes, and think, well, I can't, I can't take that heritage from that. I can't carry on that legacy. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not holy enough. But what we learned, though, is that God has been working through imperfect and frightened people all along. And he can certainly work through me, and he, <laughs> he can definitely work through you in that case. So we're talking about this legacy that we've received and this legacy that we pass on. To leave a legacy, we have to leave something of the world, in the world, after we're gone. Time, when we give our time to someone, it seems like a sacrifice. And, and from one perspective, it, it is. But it is an investment in that person. When you spend time with your children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, brothers or sisters, neighbors, family, friends, you are leaving a legacy with them that will impact them long after you're gone. That's the same for monetary gifts. They will last longer and impact the kingdom of God and his ministry long after we're gone. Uh, one of our members said something, we were talking about the big building plan, the campaign, as an older gentleman, so very wise. He said, you know what, 25 years ago, somebody sacrificed and gave and committed so that I could have this church here today that I love, I come and worship in. Because I would love to leave a legacy for somebody I don't even know, but 25 years and more down the road. Leaving a legacy. Uh, we're gonna look at Deuteronomy 26, the second, or the first reading that was read today. Deuteronomy 26, travel with me all the way back to the time of Moses, thousands of years ago. See, the nation of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And for 400 years, they cried out to the Lord to rescue them, to, to save them. And he did. Moses came to deliver them from Egypt and to lead them to this promised land that God kept calling it. This wonderful place that flows with milk and honey. Just a little paradise in the middle of a desert. You know what that's like? Paradise in the middle of a desert? God promised this to them. And so they leave Egypt, but then something goes wrong. And then they get to spend another 40 years, a whole generation, wandering in the wilderness. Until finally they get to the edge of the Jordan River, the edge of this promised land. 
And what do they do? How do the Israelites respond to this gift, incredible gift, of freedom and this land of their own? That's where Deuteronomy 26 answers. Verse 1. When you enter into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, is giving you. The Israelites were to see this promised land as an act of grace, as a blessing, as a gift. And we are to see everything that God gives us as an act of grace, a blessing, a true gift from God's open and gracious hand. You know, one way to help us remember all of these gifts that God has given us is a key ring, something as simple as a key ring. You can pull out your keys and you can go through your keys and and every key you look at just Substitute it for the word land in verse one. This right here is my car key. It's a, well, a, a key fob. I don't even know what fob stands for, actually. Does anybody know? Nope, okay, we don't know. But that's what it's called. But when I enter into the car that the Lord my God is giving me, I see it as a gift from God, a car, a mode of transportation allows me to get all over this valley in just minutes. It's also fun. I don't know how many cars I've owned, or you for that matter. We love cars. And I usually go between a truck and I'll get a car. I'll get a Jeep and I'll get a little sporty car. And I'll get another truck and a, not at the same time, you understand. I'll rotate through these. This is what mood I'm in. But I love cars. What a, what a gift from God. This is my house key. Whenever I enter into the house that the Lord my God is giving me, a reminder that my house is a gift from God, a a shelter that keeps me warm like last night when it was cold or dry a couple of days ago when it rained. But more than a shelter, a home. This is where my wife and my children live. This is where we play. This is where we eat together. We have devotions together. This is where we have fun together. What a gift it is to have a house. Uh, This right here is the key to my office. Right over there, down the hall. Whenever I enter into the office that the Lord my God is giving me, a vocation. It is the way that God has given me to serve him and serve my neighbors. And that's what your vocation is too. It's just the way that God has given you to live in this world as his child and to be a blessing to other people. It's a gift from God. This right here is another fob. This one is actually for the church building. This gets me into the church. Whenever I enter into the church that the Lord my God is giving me. It is a gift, it's a blessing to come into the church family through baptism, through our confession of faith, 
to be received into the family of God and to have everyone here committed to each other in prayer, in support, in encouragement through everything we go through together in life. We're never alone. So you can fill in the blank for yourself to remember that every time you go into that the Lord your God is giving you, give thanks. Give thanks to the God who gave it to you. Or maybe you can think about it this way. After we have this incredible, fun carnival, uh, free food uh, this afternoon, go home this afternoon and go through your house and I want you to open every closet in your home. I want you to open every cabinet in your kitchen, every drawer in your house, and then pull out your cell phone and record a video. And walk through your entire house and record everything that you have. And then save that video on your computer and name the file God's Blessings. God's Blessings. It is an act of grace. It is a blessing. It is a gift from God, everything that we have. Now, the reason we have to work so hard to remember this is because everything we see six days of the week is telling us the contrary, the exact opposite of that. It is everything that I have is, is mine, and I can do whatever I want, however I want, for as long as I want, how much I want, Nothing about God's blessings or God's gift. The, the keys on my key ring, a testament to my hard work. Hmm? Uh, the video of everything in my house, you would label that file my stuff. Right? We are conditioned by our society. Advertisers work so hard to convince us that we need to throw away more things so we can buy more things, better things, bigger things for ourselves. Did you know that Americans spend more money on trash bags? Not the stuff that goes in the trash bag, Pastor Jeremy. The trash bags themselves, then half of the world spends on everything they buy. We are blessed. We are blessed to the nth degree in this country. Think of the freedom that we have just in America. What a blessing it is to have true freedom of speech, freedom to worship, Freedom to stand up here and share God's word. Freedom for you to tell somebody that Jesus loves them out on the street anytime you want. And the security that we have in this country. We are to see all of these things as a blessing, an act of grace, a gift of God. Not the way the world talks. More and mine. More and mine. See, Deuteronomy 26 gets to that mindset uh, more in mine by saying this in verse 2. You shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground and you shall put it in a basket. Got some baskets up here for that purpose. Now this word first can also be translated best. You're to take some 
of the best that the Lord your God is giving you and you are to put it in a basket so that you can give it away. When we don't see it all as mine and ours and to do what I want and my stuff, we see it all as God's gift and God's blessings. Well, what else would we do if it's been freely given to us but to freely give some of it away to bless other people? First and the best. Now, this isn't the part of the Bible that talks about all the details about tithing and offerings and gets into the percentages and all that stuff. That's somewhere else. But in Deuteronomy 26, we do see three general aspects of first fruits giving. And the first one is that first fruits giving is a response. If you look at verse 5, it says, And you shall make response before the Lord your God. And then it goes into reciting a history. Now, Jacob was the father of this nation. He was a wandering Aramean, went down into Egypt, a small family, grew, multiplied there, was blessed, then became oppressed, then became slaves. They made bricks to build other people's houses. And they cried out to the Lord, And the Lord delivered them with a strong arm and a mighty hand and took them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a creed. Something that we say over and over and over again at worship services, in our daily devotions maybe, to remind ourselves and to remind our neighbors all that the Lord our God has given to us and done for us. First fruits giving is a response to what God has done for us first, and that we respond. Second thing about first fruits giving is that it is an act of worship. Look at verse 10. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice and all the good the Lord your God has given to you. This first fruits giving for the Israelites, it was to be an act of worship. They would come with their basket to the altar and they would bow down in intentional worship. Wasn't this afterthought? Wasn't this, well, I got some change in my pocket. I'll throw it thoughtlessly in as the plate goes by. It was an intentional response, an intentional act of worshiping God joyfully. It is a time to rejoice in remembering all that God has given to us. So to help us remember about this time of rejoicing, I got a symbol from our day and age of what it means to rejoice. Oh, some coins in there. A smiley face. A smiley face. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this smiley face in the bottom of the basket. And we're gonna put our commitment cards into. And so when you come forward, have communion, 
Receive God's greatest gift, the body and blood of Christ, and respond and worship joyfully with our commitments of time, talent, and treasure for the kingdom and his mission here through us at Desert Foothills. It's such an exciting day. Today is a happy day. That's why we're having a carnival. We're going to celebrate all that God has given us today. And I'm going to hit every single food truck. <laughs> At least once. We give in response. We give as an act of worship. And finally, first fruits giving, what we learn about it is, is for those who have not. Verse uh, 12. Giving to the Levite, the sojourner, the orphans, and the widow, so that they may eat within your towns and be filled. Levites were priests. Sojourners are immigrants. These are people who did not possess any of the promised land. They didn't have a place to settle down. They didn't have a place to grow their own crops. So the people, the family of God, provided for their brothers and sisters that way. Orphans and widows. These are people who do not have blood relatives to take care of them, provide for them, even protect them. And that's our job. So we give generously. Those who have much, give much to support those who have little and none. Now here at Desert Foothills, uh, we do a lot hands-on with what God gives us the time and the talent to do. There's the uh, Super Bowl Super Bowl collection of 682 pounds that went to the Foothills Food Bank building a habitat house in Phoenix. We repair and paint houses and churches in South Phoenix with Barrio Nuevo. We do so many things that we can do right here in our own community. And then there are things that are bigger than us that we join together with other ministries, other charities sometimes, other churches uh, to impact the world. In the last couple of years, we've given tens of thousands, maybe $100,000 to build wells in the Navajo Nation, to feed uh, Lutheran school students in Cambodia, to support Christian schools here in the valley. This is uh, the Samaritan's Purse. This is the, they run Operation Christmas Child, remember the shoe boxes that we do every year here. Uh, they're setting up right now uh, uh, emergency portable or whatever mobile medical uh, stations in Poland, in Romania, a mobile hospital in Poland, clinics in Romania. Uh, these are things that we can all partner with together to give generously. Uh, a uh, theologian from the last century, 20th century, Herschel, he said, When I was young, I admired clever people. Now that I am old, I admire wise people, kind people. (laughs) It's important, yes, clever. It's important that we are wise, but it's also important that we are kind with our offerings. Our first fruits, we give the first of the best that God has given to us. We put it in a basket and as an act of worship. It is a response to what God has given to us first. And it is a joyful response. It is a joyful act of worship. We are to be kind and generous. 
Now, when you came in, you may have noticed something on your seat, or maybe you've seen this before. This is the commitment card that we're going to, again, hand in after the communion, part of the communion service. And so, these are the pillars of our mission here. Worshiping, growing, and serving in faith. This is worshiping, we receive this faith from God, the strengthening of our faith from God. We respond in growing in our faith toward God and neighbor, love for each other, and serving, sharing God's mercy with our neighbors, with everyone around the world. And so you actually, if you've ever been confirmed, if you ever joined the church, you, you've already actually made this commitment. But it was a verbal commitment. We stood up in front of the church and the pastor asked, first, what do you believe? Do you believe in God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, died for your sins, rose from the dead for your eternal life? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit who gives you that gift of faith and strengthens you for the day? And you said, yes, I believe. And then the pastor asked, will you be faithful to God in your worship, in your reading of God's word, in receiving of Holy Communion. And you said yes with the help of God. Now we don't live in a oral contractual society today, so it, maybe that didn't mean a lot to you when you said it, but it was a vow. Just the same as you've written it down and signed a contract. It was a vow. And so I'm not, we're not asking anybody to do anything new today. We're asking you to renew our vows that we've made to worship regularly, to grow in our faith. We have so many groups here and Bible studies and men's and women's and youth group and on and on. To grow in our faith toward God and love for our neighbor. To use our time to serve, to use the talents, the abilities that God gives us to serve, to share God's mercy, and yeah, financially too, to share God's mercy with the world, starting right here in North Scottsdale. Those are the four commitments there, and I hope that, I hope everybody can at least check one of those boxes and commit, recommit, uh, to, to responding to God's grace to you and a joyful, a joyful time of worship today. I pray God's blessing, it's a very exciting thing. We have uh, big plans, buildings are just one of the tools, right, that we're gonna use to uh, grow the kingdom here in North Scottsdale, but they're powerful tools, you can see, uh, what we, beyond just the needs that we have right now. Uh, we have a vision for reaching even more people with this gospel message of Jesus Christ, died and risen for us. And so for uh, an $8 million goal, which I'm gonna tell you was uh, beyond anything a church our size would be able to hope for, uh, $8 million goal is what we wanna get for that first phase. And right now today, already before any of you come up, uh, we're sitting at $6,300,000. Yeah, praise God for that. So God is already working through us. God is already blessing our ministry here and leading us forward, I believe, very clearly in the direction that he wants us to go uh, for our families, for our preschool families, for our neighbors and the community. So pray God's blessings as we reverently and faithfully worship, joyful 
joyful hearts, God, today. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are the creator of all things, and so everything belongs to you. Uh, we thank you for sharing so many blessings with each and every one of us in this country, uh, with each and every one of us in this church family. Uh, we pray your blessings continued upon us, uh, keep us safe and keep us in good health. And Lord, we pray for all those around the world who need to hear your gospel message desperately. Uh, so many people still, amazingly, Lord, haven't heard of the name Jesus Christ. Uh, give us those opportunities to share that word with them. And even our neighbors among us, uh, in our own neighborhoods, uh, so many people uh, do not put their trust in you as they live their daily lives. Help us as we go about our days uh, to share your love and the good news with each and every one of them. Uh, bless all of the gifts that are received, the commitments. Uh, grant us the, the will and uh, the, the strength to, to do what you would have us do. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.